Welcome to the Living Jewishly Podcast. I'm Dr. Elliot Malamud. I'm Rabbi Yossi Saperman. And I'm Rabbi Bluth. We talk about Judaism, and we talk about living, and we talk about everything in between. And what it means to be Jewish and human in today's world. Judaism is not nearly as boring as I thought it was. We're not selling you on Judaism. We're not selling you on living. We're just trying to get you inside of our brains, the way we think about stuff. And the way we feel about stuff. And we'll try to be as real as possible. By getting you into our Jewish brain, you'll argue a lot, you'll disagree, you'll love, you'll eat, you'll have a really good time, you'll learn a lot of things, and you know what? You might actually find that all those 3,000 years have been worth it. And maybe we'll even come out being better people for it. Welcome to Sacred Time, a podcast from Living Jewishly where we explore the healing art of the Hebrew calendar. My name is Bluth. And my name is Ganga Devi. And together we are exploring the wisdom of each of the 12 or sometimes 13 months of the Hebrew calendar as they relate to our lives today. Our intention for this podcast is that it be rooted in tradition, blossom into relevance in the present moment, and lead us all to the ripening of a beautiful Jewish future. Welcome to the podcast for the month of Nisan. Welcome, Nisan. Welcome. <laughs> the first month of the calendar. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about that, please. So, Nisan. Nisan, we are now in Nisan. You know, we're we're past the full moon of Nisan. We're past the Seders. Nisan is a time of beginning. It is the first month of the calendar. It was sort of given to us before leaving Egypt as one of our first mitzvahs that we were commanded to do, which was to like create our calendar with the first month being Nisan. and. It is a time of renewal and it is a time of springtime. It's really like if I think back to Hanukkah and if I think back to Tubishvat and if I even think back to Purim just a little bit, these we've sort of just arrived now at the time that we've kind of been looking towards, right? It's like mm-hmm. in Hanukkah, we're in the dark, but kind of seeking the light. And in Tubishvat, we're feeling the rising of the sap. And in Purim, we're kind of concluding with chaos. And now we are at this new beginning this springtime season where where we feel it in the air beautiful mm-hmm. yeah so so it's a time of of newness and renewal and blossoming and yeah i i really hope that everyone is feeling that in their own lives as well right now and the month you know the the word for month in hebrew is chodesh and chodesh has the root chadash and chadash means new and so really we are at the start of our months. We are the start, this renewal moment of this thing that comes to us. You know, each cycle, each moon cycle brings us through new energy, new time, new chapter. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've touched on this a little bit, but I'd actually love to revisit the interesting relationship within Judaism of, of newness and new year and calendar renewal. I, cause I think it might be a little confusing for some people of like being like, isn't Rosh Hashanah the, the new year? Like, why isn't right. that the first right. month? Like what's going on here? Can you share a little bit about that with us? So Judaism has four new years and, you know, it's like these four different moments for restarting for renewal. And that has significance kind of sort of spiritually, emotionally, and also legally. And so each New Year's has, like, yes, we have 12 or 13 months. The first month, the first of the first month, so the first of Nisan, the first month, the first of this month which has passed, is one of the New Year's. Rosh Hashanah is another New Year. 
The first of Elul is another new year, and Tubishvat is another new year. And in some ways, these have like very kind of legalistic meanings. You know, they count, they determine when certain taxes are are counted. And so Rosh Hashanah we know as the sort of new year, the like seasonal new year. It's the one that we celebrate in terms of our holidays as this like time of of renewal, and it is linked back to creation. So the theme of Rosh Hashanah has that sort of the world was created, that sense of of renewal. It's also the beginning of the school year. Like there's a lot of of new that comes there. Legally, it is the year by which we mark Shemitah and Jubilee years. The first of Elul, which is a month before Rosh Hashanah, was known as the year, the new year for the cattle. And so that had to do with tithe, with taxes around cattle. I don't know very much about that. I haven't gone deep into it. Tubishvat is the new year of the trees, and that was used as a new year for tithing and like for, for Orla, for the offerings and sort of taxation around, around trees and fruit and the fruit from the trees. And then Nisan, so, which is the month that we're in is the new year. It was known as the new year for the, the kings, like the Jewish reign, the, the different kings. And Nisan is the month that is connected to our, if Rosh Hashanah is connected to the creation of the world, Nisan is connected to our story of Exodus, which is the, so our coming together as a nation. It's sort of like a national new year in some ways. And it's, the theme of this new year has to do with liberation. It has to do with exodus. It has to do with freedom. And it has to do with us coming out of bondage, coming out of Egypt and becoming unified as uh, people. And so, yeah, so these are our different new years. And, and the sun is the first of the month, which is, you know, this commandment that we got is to, to mark our time by the, the moon, really, you know, that we have these cycles, these, you know, approximately 30 day cycles, these months that are going to guide us. And so that's sort of what we celebrate in this, you know, on the new, on the new moon of Nisan, that's one of the things that we're celebrating, the the renewal of our monthly cycle of our calendar and of being people sort of that are in relationship with time and the cycles of time. I love it. And it, it reminds me of also the the reality that this is also the the new year for the zodiac as well. The very mm-hmm. beginning of the zodiac is is Aries, which has that kind of energy of the spark of creation. You know that 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 first fiery surge of new life, and and it makes sense that you know in in the the true like moment that like springtime has really arrived, that that would be the mark of something something truly beginning. I I really love that. I think that there's yeah. there's so much beauty there. And yeah, and and definitely makes me want to dive deeper into all of the correlations with the, the zodiac and the Hebrew calendar as well. Yeah, well it's it's the same in many yeah. ways. Like the zodiac is within the Hebrew calendar. You know, all mm-hmm. of the the mazalot, like all of the astrological signs are things that throughout the tradition have been integrated into Jewish time understanding. One of one of the sweetest shuls in Toronto is the Kiefer Shul, which is where the shul that my great-grandfather started. Wow. And it has, if you look up in that shul, it has a stained glass window and the the like the dome on the ceiling has the astrology, you know, it has the astrological symbology painted on it. And it's so beautiful. And you see that in ceramics in the Holy Land and like, you know, in, in ceramics that have been uncovered by archaeology. So astrology is not is not foreign to Judaism. You know, Amazing. Judaism has its own interesting interpretation and interaction with what does it mean 
to use the stars as maps and how do we learn from that? And of course, the Seferi Yetzirah, which we draw from in this podcast, is like one version of interpreting what 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 do the months mean? You know, what do the months teach us and stuff like that? So, yeah, that's quite interesting. But, you know, if we think back to the Passover Seders that just happened, the Passover Seder itself is is such a ritual around springtime, right? The sprigs of green, like we have these sort of watery, renewally objects that are are happening in this month. So we really feel it. You know, we feel it in in our we feel it in the air around us. Even though Toronto has some, you know, sprinklings of of winter <laughs> still, but we do. We feel it in the air around us, and we feel it in some of the the like rituals of this time. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So we, we've talked about the seder. Everybody listening to this will probably just have have had experienced either one or or more nights of Passover by the time you're you're hearing this. So I'd love to dive a little bit into seder, and first of all, I'd love to explore the meaning of the word Seder. Yeah, so Seder, and and we're not going to go too deep into Seder, into the ritual, because we all just did that. But what mm-hmm. we will do today is is understand the essence of the Seder, and Seder means order. And, you know, in the Seder, we went through 15 stages, 15 steps that are sort of leading us in elevation from a place of tightness towards a place of expansion. We celebrate our holiday of freedom through a ritual that tries to let us feel as though we are the ones leaving Egypt. But the word Seder itself means order. And it's this time of organizing, of like, or, I don't know, organizing principles in a way that lead towards liberation. And after the Seders, you know, we are now beginning this journey of counting the Omer. And so the Seder was a time of order. And now we step into 49 stages that lead us from Passover from the Seder, the night of the Seder, towards Shavuot, the next holiday. So, which is a journey from the holiday of Exodus, freedom from Egypt, towards the holiday of receiving the Torah. So it's like we were freed from our slavery, and we are now going on this 49-day cleansing process where we count each day, and we are counting up towards our holiday of Revelation. So from Exodus from liberation to revelation, where we get sort of defined as a nation in relationship to each other, to God and to the Torah. And it's kind of like, you know, where we're headed is this, is this, we're headed towards Shavuot, which really is the, I would say, in some ways, like the pinnacle of our freedom. It's like, what do we do with our freedom? We enter into relational responsibility together. We build community and communities of ethics and care and like structures. So it's not chaos. You know, Passover didn't lead us to chaos. It leads us to wandering in the desert for a long time as we build ourselves and figure out what is our identity as a people? Who are we as a, as a community? And so this is the sense of order. And, and as we are in this month that is sort of orderly and, and a beginning, I always like to think about where did we come from as we look forwards to where we're going? And you and I have now been on this podcast. This is our, this podcast marks the end of a full year cycle of the Sacred Time podcast because we began last year in ER the next month. And I think it's a really nice moment to actually look back. You know, we're talking about order and structure and to look back and say, where have we been so that it can inform what is this new month, this new time bringing us towards? What are we looking forward to building this year? Because the beauty of the Hebrew calendar is that we keep coming back to the same months, the same holidays over and over and over. But each time we have, you know, it's like the slinky 
right? It's like you go back to the same point, but you're rising higher. We we are now integrating all the things that we have learned from this past year, the experiences we've had individually and collectively. And we, you know, we begin again through the same rituals with renewed spirit, with new experiences and to see what will be unfolding. Yeah. So we're going to actually take a little moment to practice this order, this organization, this process of reflection and looking back and organizing our own thoughts and minds in order to, you know, it, it reminds me kind of of the process of, of gardening, of like, you can do some guerrilla gardening and just like throw some seeds, you know, on a pile of dirt and hope for the best. But if you really, really want to create something that is going to, you know, truly flourish as a dynamic ecosystem that like supports itself, you need to do a lot of planning, you know, and you need to not only compost, you know, everything and make really healthy soil, but you need to put things in in layers and create boundaries and make a plan and understand how things how things connect and how things interact with one another. And yeah, I'm really grateful for the opportunity right now to look back on this year of this journey we've been on together and kind of set, organize the landscape of of this garden for whatever it is that is to come. So with that, let's dive into to that review. So first of all, to reflect, you know, our first podcast before we started doing the months, we wanted to really talk about the nature of time and our relationship with time, the, the understanding of the Hebrew calendar being the, the healing technology of the Jewish tradition, as you so beautifully spoke to, Bluth. And, and remembering as well, you know, we, we brought in my, my mother's favorite to quotes around time that she often links together, one of which is from Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. that the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends toward justice, which is so beautiful and speaks to a deep relationship with time that is not saying that it's not fraught with with pain and it's not necessarily a linear journey, but that, yeah, the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends toward justice. So beautiful. And the other quote that my mother always ties in with that is one which we still welcome. If anyone knows the source of this, my mother attributes it to a, to Kabbalistic teachings, but I've looked in the book that she thought it was, it was written <laughs> and we couldn't find it, but it was, it's this beautiful quote that's connected with the, with the idea of chesed, which is that the deepest meaning of time is kindness. And I really love that. And I think, you know, reflecting on, as as we will in a moment, the many different themes that we've explored on this year together, there is such a kindness in this calendar. There is so much opportunity to truly heal, to truly shift how we relate to ourselves and our world from, from a state of feeling pressure and maybe like, I don't know, there's so much perfectionism in our world and so much pressure to be constant and consistent. And I really love what I've learned about this calendar over this last year that has allowed me to give myself grace, that has invited me to reflect on trauma and and opportunities for healing. There's so much there that that really does speak to to that idea that the deepest meaning of time is kindness and that when we have a conscious relationship with time, we can really allow so much beauty and, and goodness to unfold within our own lives and, and allow, allow time to also be a vehicle through which we can bring forward our gifts, not from a place of urgency, pressure, or like heaviness, but, but just from a place of grace and unfolding. 
Beautiful. And I will say that I think that the reference actually came from the book, The World to Come by Dara Horn, because I remember I was reading that and sort of found what you had once referenced. And that is a book that I couldn't recommend more to folks. It's called The World to Come. It's a novel by Dara Horn. It's beautiful. And I think we're talking about time and I mentioned The World to Come. And I just need to tangent here for one second, which is Olam Haba, The World to Come in Hebrew, which is, you know, the messianic vision of redemption, which is not unrelated to being in Nisan and being, you know, in the time of a holiday of liberation, you know, of redemption. That's, that is, you know, that's the ultimate redemption, the ultimate liberation. But the world to come means in Hebrew, Olam Haba, it's the world that is coming consistently always. You know, it's actually this very, it's not something in the future. It's something in a way that is here. And we can use this moment to like, allow time to fold in on itself a little bit, which is the months bring us on a sort of cyclical pattern. But time is, there's like an in, an infinitude to time. What's future can maybe be accessed in the present and what's past can be, you know, where things can fold in on each other. And so I just want to want to hold that also and say that, you know, this past cycle of Sacred Time podcast has looked at the months on every full moon. Sacred time, of course, the touch points for sacred time are much more than just the months and the full moon. It takes place on the new moon. It takes place on Shabbat. It takes place every single day with different moments of prayer. You know, sacred time, it takes place with the holidays. Like there are all of these touch points in which we can sort of enter the door of sacred time, which of course is, you know, time. It's like any, every moment and fleeting and and infinite and, and all that kind of stuff. So just the beauty of sacred time is that it's not, it's not simply a calendar experience, but it, our Jewish time is, it happens on all of these scales, you know, daily prayer them. cycles, Shabbat cycles, monthly new moons, full moons, holidays, Shemitah years, Yovel years, and the world to come, which is the world that is coming. So. And our own you know. life cycles, which you go through things and like, you know, you never have that birthday again. There's so much sanctity and, you know, like what, what life cycle you go through this year, you know, like every, every single thing that we go through in our lives, even if we repeat them, like if you have a child and then you have like another child a couple of years later, like it's never, it's never the same exact experience. It's always new, always unfolding and always sacred also in our own personal lives as well. So just on all of these scales, yeah. it's so beautiful. And that's, yeah. I think that's the thing that you and I are so passionate about, about transitioning within our own minds and supporting others, you know, who desire to, to transition in their minds and relationship with the world as well from this kind of like linear, linear way of relating to, to time where it's just kind of ordinary and trudges along and we just have to deal with it and we have to just like work with it and navigate it to this kind of revalorizing of time and this relationship with time as being sacred on all of these scales and be, like our own lives being worth really considering this to be sacred, like to yeah. really to really honor our own journey through time and through our lives as something that is beautiful and sacred and spiraling yeah. and nonlinear. Yeah. And designing for presence in time, mm -hmm. I think designing our lives so that we can pause and be aware and conscious and and set up the the moments and the rituals and the gatherings that we need so we don't just get rushed through you know it's like yeah moments to punctuate what could otherwise happen kind of quickly 
Yeah. Um, well, and it's and it's interesting, and, you know, I'm struck right now with like the distinction between, you know, I, I'm realizing like right now I'm saying like, oh, like the nonlinear experience of time. But then we're also talking about order, right? We're talking about Seder. We're talking about sequencing. And I'm about to go through all the all the months in order that we went through. And I think that there's an important relationship there, right? But like, in the in the Greek phrasing of Kronos and Kairos of like there's the the linear structured time of of Kronos and then there's also that like that just like being so fully in the moment that you're not even aware of time like nonlinear experience that is Kairos and they require one another like one creates the structure for the other to be able to exist yeah and I think that's what you know when we look to the months as guides and teachers it's like looking towards the form in order to be able to tap more fully into what is expansive, you know, and it's 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 allowing those things to guide us and help us exist. <laughs> yeah. And I love that interplay of of those two, two two modalities you just mentioned. Yeah. And what it, what's, I'm thinking about is like with the Seder, like with Passover, like we're trying to like the the point of it is freedom. And I think that some people's experience of Passover might be one that's like really restrictive and like it's so structured, it's so limiting, like, or, you know, whatever, because we all have different different relationships with holidays and everything. But I really just want to underscore that like the point of Passover is to learn really deep, important, profound lessons about freedom. And we do that through working with structure and order so that we can all be on the same page. There's something really really cool and powerful about that. Awesome. And yeah, and really our structures are, it's like structures to liberate. I, I imagine I've said this before, but it makes me think of jazz. It's like how much foundational structure we need in order to then improvise and and go beyond it. Okay. So on that note, let's jump in and let's, yeah, let's, jump let's in. do a sort of almost like quick run through of where we've been in this yeah. past year. Yeah. So, okay. We started with the month of ER which contains the practice of counting the Omer, as Luth just referenced. And within this month, we really focused on the importance of achieving the mindset shift from freedom from to freedom through or freedom to. So rather than focusing on what restricts us, focusing on what we are now moving toward or what enables freedom to move through us. That was such a rich conversation, and I'm looking forward to re-listening <laughs> for next month. And then we went into the month of Sivan. We saw that this is a beautiful time for follow through on things that we have initiated or dreamed of doing. So springtime has sprung, like new things have happened. Let's follow through on them now. And it is a month of movement. The idea is that once we've received the gift of Torah on Shavuot, then we must decide how and where and in what manner we move forward with really thoughtful follow through. So then in the month of Tammuz, we explored a deeper understanding of trauma as both collective and personal. And we looked at the ways that we can do the work of healing through our traumas. There's a lot of, a lot of pain and heat and heaviness in that month, which gives us an opportunity to look at how those things show up in our own lives. I was going to say that in, in this hemisphere, the way we experience this, the months that, you know, we went from like the sort of awakening of spring to the heat of the summer. And with that heat of the summer comes the intensity of the month of Tammuz and then coming up, you know, the month of Av where we, actually are in like really intense feelings and emotions and grief, which we also move through. And and yeah, and I'll let you share share of as well. But the seasonality, I'm caught by the seasonality of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really important. And and I'd always be curious for people living in the Southern Hemisphere, what additional lessons can be gleaned from like the inverse seasonality, because I'm sure that there's a lot of wisdom and and insight that can come from, you know, kind of like the meeting of opposites 
always create something or just the, you know, something new and even more insightful and like new forms of wisdom than, than, than there were before. So I'd be curious to explore that. So then in the month of Av, Idan Lumi joined us to discuss love, not just personal love, but also the often challenging task of finding ways to love our own lives. That was a really beautiful conversation. I was so grateful to have him as a guest. Yeah. And the wisdom, you know, that conversation also marked this interesting transition from the, the heat and the grief of Tisha B'Av towards Tuba, which is this, again, almost like redemptive energy and loving energy of how do we rebuild after we mourn? And that sort of set us onward for Elul. For Elul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in the month of Elul, which still has a lot of beautiful themes of of love, love. within yeah. it. Anila Dodiva Dodili. Yeah. Yes. So we went deeper into love and we also explored ideas around humility, reflection, and all that we need to be doing internally to prepare for the transformative time of the High Holy Days. And then, of course, diving in to the month of Tishrei, we were really focusing on the the power of Sukkot and the the wisdom that can be found in like the the physical embodied practice of Sukkot where we looked toward the fragility, stability, and joy of this time in which we step out of our ordinary homes and find home and communion in relationship with the natural living world. Such a beautiful time. Yeah, and of course, you know, going from the month of Elul, this month of love and preparation for the ho- for the high holidays into Tishrei, where we have Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and then Sukkot is this fall season of contemplation and transformation that we really went through. You know, Cheshba Nefesh, this accounting of the soul to show up on Rosh Hashanah, sort of day of judgment, Yom Kippur, day of cleansing, Sukkot, time of joy and earthiness. So really like somehow I feel like the fall energy there. It's like get us into, it's a little more inward, but it's quite on the earth and we're we're like calling in the rains at that point. Yeah, and it's such a time of harvest, like harvesting yeah. harvesting insight, yeah. harvesting reflection, harvesting atonement, harvesting all of these things from from our lives in this time of of autumn and then and then we go into the month of Hashvan where it's a month that's absent of holidays and there's like a yeah. there's a spaciousness that comes, you know, once the harvest is complete, there's there's a there's a spaciousness that allows us to really be introspective. And in this month, we discussed how spaciousness to reflect allows us to gain perspective on our lives and priorities. So it's interesting. It's kind of like a mirror to what we're doing right now, which is in this month of order or in this month of of new beginnings in which we have this opportunity through the Seder to to reflect on order. I mean, it's a very intensive holiday month, but we also have these these opportunities to reflect in different ways throughout the year. And I think that that's really, really beautiful that like the different options of introspection that the year provides us give us, yeah, like different ways to connect with that. Yeah. And different spaciousness. And again, Cheshvan was also the month of Noah's Ark where mm. it's a very watery, flowy time. So like we call in the rains and then we enter a month that has a, a bit of a watery essence to it. Yeah. And then in the month of Kislev, of course, talking about Hanukkah. Yeah, we're we're in the dark months now. <laughs> yeah, we're in the dark months and what we really discussed during that time was dreams in our in the darkness of our sleeps and light in the face of of darkness, which is, you know, universal human themes and there's so much 
so much wisdom and beauty in in Hanukkah. I know right now my my husband's reading the book My My Glorious Brother is all about the Maccabees and all about Judah Maccabee and and the time of Hanukkah. And I'm just really appreciating learning learning more about that now, like in the time that couldn't be more different than Hanukkah in this yeah, moment right now. The opposite. But I'm really looking forward to 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 connecting even more deeply with Hanukkah next year. Yeah. But and you make a good point that I actually saw an image um by Michael Kagan in in the I'll try to link to this. It's in his introduction to the Haggadah, actually, where he speaks about the cycle of the year and how if you draw it out and make it a circle you and you map the sort of light holidays and dark holidays, and then you notice that within the dark time, there's a little holiday of light. And within the light time, there's a little holiday of grief, of darkness. Mm. He, he sort of likens it to the yin-yang, actually, that we have this sort of Jewish cyclical where opposites are reflected and where we go through light and we go through darkness, but within each contains the opposite. And it's a very beautiful image. So we will tag that here in the podcast as well for just looking at the structure rather than the linear structure of the calendar year at the cyclical sense that that comes from it. Yeah, I I love that. And that's that's funny because that's one of our wonderful members in the School of Living Jewishly just posted that that Haggadah book. When I looked at it, I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Yin Yang on the cover of that's really beautiful. So then after Kislev, we went into the month of Tevet. And this was honestly, I think, one of my favorite conversations with you. I didn't really know where it was going to go at the beginning because the theme of Tevet is anger. And I'm so grateful that we had that conversation. It was illuminating for myself and I still share it with people whenever the topic of anger comes up in just conversations and and work that I do in the world because there's so much that came forward in that when we talked about nonviolent communication and like the wisdom that we can glean from the work of Mike Marshall Rosenberg, looking at anger as something that reveals to us needs that are unmet and understanding the wisdom and the power of anger and the importance of not suppressing anger in our lives was truly, truly impactful for me. And yeah, I'm really grateful for having had that conversation with you. So then we went into the month of Shvat, which is a time of self-nurturing and feeling the rising sap under the surface during winter. And for this month, we shared the... Another new year, by the way. <laughs> yes, another new year. Yeah, Tubishvat, the new year of the trees. And in the spirit of of that, we shared the first lesson in the rest unit that we've been creating within the School of Living Jewishly. And that lesson was all about welcoming Shabbat, you know, welcoming this other dimension of sacred time every week into our lives and and really like inhabiting time in a really deep, beautiful way welcoming ourselves to to be in that state that we can access every single week where we can give ourselves the opportunity to feel to feel the sap rising in our own system you know after the depletion that many of us feel at the end of the week after a long week of of diligent work to give ourselves that space to to be and to renew and to nurture ourselves that Shabbat offers us and then we had the first month of Adar in this pregnant year Adar one. And in that conversation, we opened ourselves up to the grace of finding extra time in our lives and of, of giving ourselves and others the grace of, of extra time. And we really looked at the spaciousness that a pregnant year in the Hebrew calendar can invite us into. And then, of course, last month, we looked at Adar two. And knowing that the podcast was coming out just after Purim, we really focused on the idea of integration. 
and the importance of integration after experiences of intensity, which certainly, certainly Purim is an experience of intensity and an experience that can be very transformative. Everything that we experience that gives us opportunities for transformation, expansion, ecstatic wonder and experience always can be, can be balanced and supported with processes of integration where we can bring parts of ourselves that might have been fragmented perhaps early in on our lives or through the experience that we had just gone through, bringing those fragmented pieces back to ourselves through reflection, through connecting with our body, through connecting with other people, through journaling, through dialogue, all of these different things can help us return to our wholeness. So that's the overview of our of our time together so far. Nothing like integrating wholeness via chaos. <laughs> yeah. Like chaos it's an amazing opportunity. Yeah. 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 So that's the, that was the order. That was the, the sequence of this last year. And it's beautiful to reflect on it, to see them all in context, to see how much we've grown personally, to look at yours and my life and the work that we have done with Living Jewishly and the School of Living Jewishly and just how much has unfolded and blossomed in this time. Yeah. It's yeah. really beautiful. And I, I want to invite anybody listening as well to, to think about ways that you might want to reflect on whether it's this whole last year since since you know Pesach last year what has unfolded in your life or perhaps in a more recent time scale or a larger time scale to perhaps go through a process of order for reflection so that yeah. you can really enter into a state of of newness and the new beginnings that are on the horizon for you yeah yeah and with that you know we are in this beautiful ritual of counting the omer right now. And so whatever you reflect back on, just to hold that with you as you go forwards. And I do want to sort of shamelessly plug and invite folks to follow along on Instagram, where we have the incredible artist Ariella Powers, who is guiding us through the 49-day Omer counting practice, where we count each day. And again, I mentioned it before, you know, we head from Passover to Shavuot, we prepare ourselves for the next step. And of course, like everything, this has roots in, in this has sort of agricultural roots in the temple, in the, in temple service of the barley harvest. So there's counting, there's spiritual cleansing, there is an earthy, you know, earthy offering in this moment. And it's, it's yet another order that will propel us forwards after the intensity of the year that came before, after the power of, of renewal, of Nisan, of the Seder. And here we are kind of step by step, slowly but surely integrating what was into what is ahead of us. Yeah, beautiful. I really look forward to to all that Ariella Powers is going to be bringing forward for us <laughs> and counting the Omer with, with such an amazing group of people over time throughout space. It's going to be really yeah. beautiful. I think that's a wrap. Yeah. Enjoy the month of Nisan, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Living Jewishly podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps more people like you find our show so that we can continue to grow the Living Jewishly community together. You can find us at livingjewishly.org and on YouTube and Instagram. Living Jewishly is living well with everyone. <laughs>